Consumer Product Safety Commission, Department of Agriculture, Department of Commerce, and the list is going on and on and on. And a lot of these people that work in these branches didn't receive any pay whatsoever during the shutdown time. Uh, they were considered non-essential. They just didn't matter to the government that they were going to be out of work. Well, that, you just think about that. That's detrimental to a lot of lives because most people live like people in northeast Mississippi live. We live from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. We, we depend on our checks and on the money that we receive. And when something happens to that, just because somebody said this don't matter, this group of people is not as important. Now this list, they didn't just make that up the day they shut the government down. This list has been made for hundreds of years probably. In case they ever had a government shutdown, they have to deem what is important and what it will take to get the job done in America. And there's people, you think about this, the effects of non-essential. You just think about that this morning. Because there's people that buy plane tickets in other parts of the world, other countries, and fly to the United States of America to see some of our parks, some of the things that part of the history of America. And when they get here and they find the gates shut and locked and they can't get in, they get angry. They get upset about that. You just think about that. Now, every one of us in this building today, we have things in our lives that we consider non-essential. There's things in our life that I guarantee you that we can live without or do without. They're not as important to us as we think they are. Amen? And, and you'll, you'll find that out when you have a yard sale. You'll find stuff, Lord, I didn't even know I had that. I forgot about buying that. Where'd this come from? I hadn't seen this in three years. So that's non-essential. That's something that you just could do without. You've been doing without. But somebody drive up, pull up, come out and get out in the yard and start looking around and they say, man, I've been looking for one of them for three years. And I thought, well, I had a head in my shed the whole time you were looking. I wish you'd call it. To them, it's, it's something really important. They really need it. They really want it. So you see, there's nothing that's really non-essential to everyone, especially to the Lord. You know, uh, we have children, and, and I've talked about this before. We love, if you've got more than one child, you can relate to what I'm talking about this morning. If you have three or four children, or I met a lady yesterday that they were 14 children in her family. And she said her mother lost two uh, children stillborn. They would have had 16, but they, Laura was graceful enough to let them have 14 children. And you just think about 14 children. Now don't think about it, I'm gonna make you happy all that. But just think about raising 14 kids trying to get to school, and then they were all, they didn't all go the same, but that's 14, at least 14 years different to the oldest and youngest. But you just think about having those children. What I'm getting at is if you've got more than one child, there's one of one of those children that you just click with. 
six months later or something, he said, man, that's the best advice I've ever got in my life. He said, we started writing each other little notes, passing back and forth to each other about their problem and about their situation. Next thing you know, they got more to talk about it without getting deals, without getting mad. There's a way that we can communicate if we do it God. There's a way that we can see where non-essential people or non-essential things in our life can become essential. There may be a time you need something that you don't think you need now. Amen? And there's something that you've got hidden in your garage today that somebody else is looking for. Amen? There's something in your life that God has done for you, something that God has blessed you with that you can bless others with. And you may think it's non-essential. You may think it's silly about some of the things that God's done for you. But I guarantee you, you look across the countryside and there's somebody in a position right now that they'd like to hear some of your stories of what God has done for you. Amen. In chapter 16, 1 Samuel, y'all know the stories. Children of Israel wanted a king. Everybody else has got a king. Why can't we have a king? We want a king. They got a king. Give us a king. Samuel, the prophet, God told him to anoint Saul as king against his discretion. He anointed him king, and it was just detrimental to the kingdom of what happened. But they wanted that, so God gave them. A lot of times we desire things and we want things and we think that what we want, that boy, this would just be fine and dead. If I just had one of them, I would be happy. Well, when you get one of them, most of the time it'll come with a payment book about that big. And after a year, the only thing you knew about is the payment book, and that went down anyway. You know what I'm talking about? That's what happens. The things that we think we really want are essential really could be a non-essential. We really didn't need that as bad as we thought we would. But God has a way. <laughs> All right, it says in verse 1, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? See, Samuel, he just couldn't believe that the reigns of Saul was over. He, he admired him. He, he wanted him as a king. He just couldn't understand it. Why God decided to take him down all of a sudden and told him to anoint somebody else? All right. He said, Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, fill thine horn with oil and gold. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. God already knew what his plan was and what he was going to do. God has a plan for every person in this building this morning. There's none of us in here this morning that are non-essential to God. God has a reason, a purpose, and a plan for everyone's life that's in this building. God knew 500 years ago that I would be in this pulpit this morning speaking to this group of people that are in this building. That's the God that I serve. My God knows everything. Amen? And I've said some people can't trust God for their power bill next month, but they're going to trust their soul to him for the eternity. Huh? What kind of deal is that? So we need to think about God and who he really is and what's 
said, I will call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do, and thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I named unto thee. All right. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceable? Because peaceably? Because they knew. They knew. Just like Saul did. The people knew Samuel. They knew what weight he carried. Amen? They knew that he was God's prophet, God's servant. And they had enough sense to respect that. My Bible tells me to touch not mine anointing and do my prophets no harm. If you don't like a man of God, a woman of God, or somebody's doing something for the Lord, the best thing to do is just be quiet about it. Because if they're doing something outside of God's plan and purpose, they'll get in trouble sooner or enough anyway without you. Amen? So we need to pray for people that are doing something for the Lord, whatever their efforts may be. If they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and have accepted Him as Lord and Savior of their life, then we need to be supporting them. Amen? One time in the Scriptures, the disciples come to Jesus and said, Lord, said we found some other people that was casting out devils in your name, and we told them to stop. And Jesus said, Lord forbid. said, if they're for us, they're not against us. said, don't bid them to stop. So if people are doing the work of the Lord, and people are living for God, and you think, well, they're just non-essential. They're not non-essential. They're an important person to God Almighty. God has a reason and a purpose for every one of us. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem. And he said, Peaceably I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Elijah. And if you read and study this story, you'll find out Elijah was one of the big brawny ones in the guy. <coughs>
he ranked from top to bottom. He was put in the non-essentials way down on the bottom. Well, this can never be a king. This little old crony fellow can never be a king. It's got to be one of my big boys. We think, think about that. All right. And Jesse made Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen him. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen this. You filled out your list, and you marched these fine-looking young men right in here before me in the order that you thought Nelson said something here a while back in their different pecking order. Amen? That means the rank people are putting what they in their place, so to speak. A lot of times we get out of the will of God when we try to rank people and we try to rank people. Well, this preacher will never make it. This church will never make it. That singer will never make it. This music group will never make it. This won't make it. We're calling them non-essentials. We're putting them on our non-essential list that we can really do without them. We really don't have to have them. We can get by without them. Amen? Alright. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass by, and the Lord did not choose a one. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And we say in America, Are all your children here? Because that's the way they spoke back in Bible. Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. <coughs> this thing's not over. We're not going to give up. The Lord sent me here to anoint one of your sons as king, and we're not going to leave here. We're not going to sit down. We're not going to relax until we get what God sent me here done. Amen. I could preach a thousand sermons. A little slumber, a little sleep, holes in the hands, could fit right in with it. Lots of sermons you could tie in with this this morning. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and little of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. The last one on the The last one that that Jesse thought could ever be king of Israel was the one God had chosen. Amen? So we need to look at ourselves this morning and think about where we are. And, and a lot of people are very humble. A lot of people are very weak. And they put themselves on the bottom of the list a lot of times. You know people like that. Got low self-esteem. They think, well, I'll never be able to do this. I can't do this. When I was eight or nine years old, if you told me that I would be pastor, and I'd be the pastor of four or five different churches, and that I would step out of faith and trust God to, to bless us with the building and put me in the, uh, as a pastor, I'd say, there's no way I can do that. I was shy. I was bashful when I was young. I didn't like to get up in front of people. I didn't like to talk in front of people. And all of a sudden, when the Spirit of the Lord got a hold of me in 1986, and I started reading and studying and praying uh, and 
and seeking the will of God in my life, God began to put boldness in me. God began to give me grace. God began to give me mercy and everything else that he's promised me because I belong to him. I'm one of his. God didn't have me on the non-essential list. God had me on the list, and he knew what he was going to do with my life, just like he knows what he's going to do with your life. Nobody in this building, nobody in the world is more important than anyone else. In God's eyes, we're all number one on the list. I don't believe God is righteous from big and great down to the smallest. Amen? But God talks about vessels running in this one. But they're all vessels. We're all children of God. We're either trying to follow after the Lord and be pleasing to the Lord or either we're rejecting his will and his ways. Amen. Aren't you glad this morning that the Lord saw fit one day to knock on your heart's door and invite you into his earthly kingdom and give you a place in glory to live in his heavenly spiritual kingdom forever and ever? Isn't it wonderful? I read the scripture last week. We don't need to be rejoicing because we got power over the devil. Jesus said that, but you ought to be rejoicing because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Amen. And this old life down here is where our lives is like a vapor. It appears for a little while, then it vanishes away. Amen. Our spirits are going to be reunited with the Lord from where we came from in the beginning. We'll be back with Him forever and ever, according to this Word of God. Amen. And I believe it. And I'm thankful for it. So, what my Closing thought is, do not think of yourself as being on the bottom of a non-essential list. Because even if you are, God made this pass by 